I'm Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we get started, we just wanted to include a trigger warning for this episode. Um, This episode could include a discussion about some themes and topics that might be upsetting, um, including but not limited to things like substance abuse, suicide, self-harm, disordered eating, and harassment and assault. So if any of those topics are too upsetting, we totally get it. Um, Please feel free to skip this episode and join us next week. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy. Hi, welcome back Hi. to another episode on in this gray December, January, February. I don't even know what month. We don't even is. know anymore because we don't get any sun in yeah. the Northeast. So Sad, who cares? Dark Ugh. and depressing. Um, but we are watching some some pretty um, <laughs> something else that's dark and depressing. <laughs> some really really traumatizing content today, which is you know a little bit of we maybe we already put the trigger warning in, but if we didn't, this is a trigger warning talking about um, like sexual abuse, some pedophilia, um, some like inappropriate <laughs> relationships. So. If that's exciting, yeah, skip skip the episode. But in case that didn't give it away, we are talking about <laughs> the movie May December, which came out in um, on Netflix in I think like November or December of 2023. All star cast. We have awesome. Charles Melton um, who plays Joe. 
he was on Riverdale, um, and this is kind of his breakout role. He's kind of getting some Oscar buzz for it. Um, and I think people are just blown away by his performance in this. And then, of course, we have Natalie Portman, who plays mm. Elizabeth. She is um, an actress who's going to be portraying Julianne Moore's character, Gracie. Um, and then we have all the kids. Um, there's Piper Curta, Corey Michael Smith, um, Jocelyn, Jocelyn Shufflow, um, Elizabeth Yu, etc. So mm-hmm. great cast. This movie kind of took, I think, Netflix by surprise a little bit. Um, I think people are kind of catching on now to the real story that it's based on right that we were all really you don't think that was clear um that's clear what it's getting buzz right now it's getting buzz oh oh, i see okay i thought i thought you meant like people didn't realize this was sort of loosely based on so this this film is loosely based on well i don't know how loose they got you know there's a lot of similarities between a true story uh between a 34 year old american teacher mary kay letourneau um, and her relationship with her 12-year-old sixth grade student, uh, Vili Fulau. Um, So again, I'm going to just talk really briefly about the true story, um, facts that I gathered from a link that we'll put um, in our show notes from an article from Rolling Stone about the case. Um, but then we're going to focus on analyzing mm-hmm. the movie itself, right? So we try really hard on this podcast to focus on fictional TV and film. Um, we're noticing some of the best and most interesting content like Girl Interrupted, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, this film, um, touch on some true stories. Uh, So we want to be careful not to analyze real people, um, especially ones who are still with us, uh, Mm -hmm. and focus on the fictional characters, right? But, you know, just to give you some background in case you don't know, so that's sort of the premise. Um, Mary-Kate Letourneau was his teacher, um in seattle and was found in a car with him uh at first they said nothing inappropriate happened and they were initially released by lying about his age um and then the sexual relationship continued and she was eventually arrested um in 97 she pled guilty uh and only had to serve a three-month sentence by Mm -hmm. the way and then was um on probation with the terms that she would never see him again but then she did see him again and she went back to prison for seven years. Um, she was convicted and had to register as a sex offender and could no longer teach. Um, and then a year after she was released in 2005, they got married after they convinced the judge to dismiss a restraining order. Um, and I believe at some point in here, she also gave birth to their child when she was in jail. Yeah, two. I think actually two. She had both yep. when she was in prison. She had the, I believe her first child when she was out, like immediately out or at the first, at her first prison stay. And I think that's maybe part of why she got the sentence like reduced. And then she got pregnant mm-hmm. again um, during, while she was out on probation. And then she ended up having the child, her second child well, with him. While um, she was incarcerated. Yeah. So really intense. Um, She was married at the time. Um, Her husband was named Steve. They had four children together. Um, And I guess it was the husband who was the first to discover proof of this relationship in the form of a love letter, which we see mirrored Mm -hmm. in the movie. Um, I guess, according to an article by the Los Angeles Times, an unnamed member of Steve's family tipped off the police about the sexual nature of the relationship, which led to her arrest. Um, he filed for divorce in 1999, and I think she was prevented from contacting her her children. Um, 
I think what this movie touches on, and they use some actual quotes from her, I believe, is how she maintained her innocence throughout the rest of her life. You know, she did die at the age of 58 in July of 2020 from cancer. Um, but she, you know, always refused to acknowledge that, you know, she did anything wrong or illegal, tried to really say, you know, we're in love. And she would always say she was seduced by him, that he was the like aggressor and he was the instigator almost. And we see that mirrored in May, December, right? I know you're reacting to that scene that we'll get into where she's kind of asking like, who's in control? Who's in control here? And I believe that actually came from- It did. It, you know more about yeah. that? I, well, I, I saw them play both interviews real- At the same, oh God. And in the movie, like, and it's it's almost the exact same words and it is, it's so hard to watch. Like you were the boss, you were the boss. Remember you were the boss. Like that's the real interview that 2020 did with them. And then um, underneath it is in the movie with, you know, um, Gracie and Joe, you know, when they're in the bed um, and she's crying and she's, you know, saying to him that it was you, it was you, you know, what do you mean? And it's just horrible. I mean, it's horrible. I think we don't know a lot about female um, Mm -hmm. pedophiles, female sex offenders. There's, there's not as many out there right um, maybe there as is far as we but know. right um this is just... like it's really tricky right because like the data we have is only based on the cases that actually get reported mm-hmm. right so you hope it's mirrors reality but i think and you know you always think like it might actually be more yeah than we know in cases that don't get reported but i think oh, yeah. like i mean i remember this case like how old was i back then i was only like 10 I or something you don't remember. I remember like hearing about this and, um, and I guess they got married the year I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. So like, I remember this case. I don't know. Like, what does that say about me that I remember this so vividly? I think I was so freaked out as a yeah. kid that like well, a teacher course. could do this to a student. Right. Um, and I just think like this film is fascinating. Um, and I think just so sadly depicts like, Joe in the film like just his evolution and how sad it is I mean I I feel like this movie absolutely nailed it impeccably is grooming like it is just you see what grooming is it's 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 you know someone taking advantage of someone else who's vulnerable whatever that means and kind of nurturing them loving you know doing all these things to make he like Joe has really he has to buy into the belief that they are in love because if he doesn't then who is Gracie right what is what does that mean about him what does that mean about her what does that mean about their kids like yes it's just it's just I mean Julianne Moore did such an amazing job with her intonation her lisp her why did she have why did she have a lisp was it to make to come across as more disarming as vulnerable herself yes I think it's like she she gave an interview and she really talks about how she was trying to really kind of hit home how Gracie was really having to flip the script right if they're in love and if she has to believe this and buy into it then Joe has to be made into a man and she almost Mm -hmm. takes on this like childlike 
role where she's like, you know, the picture of femininity. She's, you know, so disarming. She's like, oh, she has this little, you know, she talks like this. And and you see it times in the movie, it gets worse. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I thought that too. I felt like she flitted in yes. and out of it. Like at the beginning in the kitchen scene, I didn't remember her having a lisp. Mm. And then like halfway through, I was like, wait, does she have a lisp? Mm-hmm. And then I felt like toward the end, it was more prominent. So that's really interesting, Portia. Like it's almost, it makes me wonder like, is it more of like a nervous tick? Mm-hmm. That's something you can't control or is it purposefully, is she controlling it? Right. And like my biggest question walking away from the film and, you know, thinking about it happening in real life, because this has happened, you know, it's been on the news. There's been teachers um, who, you know, I think the big news stories typically are women because it's like shocking. It's oh, this never happens. I just saw on the local news this week, there's a teacher who got arrested for something, a male teacher, Mm -hmm. and he's not going to jail. And I was astounded. Like, why not? I screamed at the TV. I didn't, I didn't hear all the details. It was like quick. I think it was like high school girls, mm-hmm. but they say like, he's not going to face jail. And I just screamed at the TV. Why? Yeah. Like, wh- why not? And why did she get a three month sentence? Like at the beginning? Like why? I think that's. So they, I just saw, and this is an old article, which I is why I didn't really want to reference it, but it's from like 2001 or 2002, but, um, ages they, ago. <laughs> they they notice that law enforcement often acts inappropriately. Like they shouldn't, you know, they're not prosecuting as much. They're not investigating as much when it's a female um, it's a woman. perpetrator. So and I, I think that's, that's what this film wanted to also like yes. kind of analyze and point out is like, mm-hmm. why, why are female perpetrators treated differently? Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, the uh, fact like, it's just, I, you know, I really, I think we've already said this, but I just, a child who's 12 is a child no you know there's there's really no there's no there's no other way to slice this no there's nothing it's a child they're they're literally childlike and so in the movie Mm -hmm. I thought it was so like again she's just like so defensive and and comes up with all these like ways to not think that she's a terrible person when she's telling Elizabeth, well, you know, he was with two other women and I was only with two other girls because they were girls because they're children. And I was only with my husband. So he, you know, he, we had way more experience than me. And I think in the movie he was, was he older than 12? Just a little bit. Um, Um, I can't exactly remember. It doesn't really matter whether you're 12 or 15 (laughs) or 17 or I think he was 14 in the movie. I think he he was 14, 15. I thought it really hammered home though. When they, they showed the scene where Elizabeth, the actress played by Natalie Portman is looking at potential boys to be cast. And I felt so ick. I felt so sick to my stomach. And I also felt like like it was also gross that an actress was going to have to do this stuff with a child. Like I didn't like I know. that. Um, I couldn't tell. I can't remember if the, the boy looking actors in the movie, if they were trying to say they were like adult age, they just looked young, but her notes back. Remember were like, he needs to be like hot. He needs yeah. to be like muscly, masculine, like, it's like well, he's, 12, so he's, he's not, yeah, he's not developed there yet. Or, but even if he were, he's still 12. <laughs> he's still a child. Okay. Um, uh, so I feel like, uh, you know, 
as we talk about this movie, the, another thing that kind of came to my mind as we're watching it, definitely the grooming. And I want to talk more about that. Uh, but I also want to talk about like paraphilias and paraphilic mm -hmm. disorders. Like, what is that? What do we mean by that? Right. Pedophilia, which is when you are sexually attracted to and aroused by children is a, is one type of paraphilic disorder, mm -hmm. right. Which is uh, defined in the DSM five, the diagnostic and statistical manual. And so I like that in the American psychiatric associations, um, description of the DSM's description of paraphilic disorders that they're really clear. And they say, most people with atypical sexual interests do not have a mental disorder. Okay. I think that's a nice thing to say. And I feel like um, it's important to note that, you know, people have kinks, people have, you know, there might be BDSM, there's going to be all other things, right. That people might get aroused by that doesn't mean they have a mental disorder, but there are certain things that we do conceptualize as mental health issues or mental disorder, like uh, pedophilia. So to be diagnosed with a paraphilic disorder, um, you have to feel personal distress about the, your sexual interest, not merely distress resulting from society's disapproval. And you have to have a sexual desire or behavior that involves another person's psychological distress, injury, or death, or a desire for sexual behaviors involving unwilling persons or persons mm -hmm. unable to give legal consent. And that is where, you know, the children sort of come in. Um, and again, you know, they say, you know, to further define the line between an atypical sexual interest and a disorder, the working group that came up with this definition revised the names of the disorders for the DSM-5 to differentiate between that. So for example, what was called sexual masochism in the DSM-4 mm -hmm. is now called like sexual masochism disorder, right? So th there's just, there's a difference between something that's consensual between two adults, everyone's on the same page um, versus a disorder where really they're trying to say like you are taking advantage of someone who either can't consent or who's being injured psychologically and you're also feeling distress and you, it doesn't have to be both right so someone can not feel distressed but be harming someone else and that's still a disorder right, right. and i think for me and like watching this movie it wasn't clear to me if gracie was distressed by this or if she wasn't I guess on the surface, I feel like, no, I don't think so. I don't um, think, I think she, and I want to ask you something later about what, what your thoughts are on something, but I don't think she's distressed. I think that she, you know, is, is delusionally almost like this was love and that's it period end all like not, there's, you can't talk about anything else. Nothing else makes sense. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I, and just... I, I think it's interesting though, because then I think of like morals, right? Like, like, okay, like, well, are your morals skewed in other ways? And I think it's interesting that they don't appear to be in the movie where she, um, you know, is pretty strict with her daughters. And then there was an interview in real life that, um, someone did with, um, Mary Kay, what's her name? Uh -huh. And, and a daughter of hers. Um, and she like, wouldn't let her wear a push-up bra because she thought it was like sexualizing, like a young person and I and that's where I'm just like very it's what? very and I think they did that kind of in the movie with like oh the yeah the graduation yeah. outfit yeah it's just like how yeah. come you like you have such a blind spot where it's like there's nothing wrong with what you're doing but you can see it in other ways 
Yeah, I, I need to, I need like a minute <laughs> to like wrap my mind around that, that that happened in real life. This is like really blowing my mind. This is hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, you know, I found myself watching the movie wondering, okay, because also like, you know how in our episodes back, way back when we first started the podcast talking about you, um, and even I think Succession maybe when we were talking about um, like antisocial personality mm-hmm. disorder and how like the main tenet is that you know right from wrong and you do wrong anyway and you get a thrill out yes. of it. And it can't be due to things like drugs or alcohol, intellectual disability. Um, I'm, I'm imagining like a, an awful head injury that impairs like your decision-making, right? Um, I kept finding myself wondering like, was Gracie traumatized somehow like was she maybe you know sexually abused as a child or something where then it like skews her view of reality but then when we see those moments where she can tell right from wrong it makes me feel like she wasn't and that she's doing wrong anyway because she's getting off on it i know that's right? that's my question Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Like, I mean, I, I think at its surface level, like if I'm just snap quickly, you know, thinking about her diagnosis, like I feel like she has sociopathic traits. Like, I do too. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's borderline. I don't, you know, from like a, you know, a trauma and youth. I, I don't, I don't see that. I, I just think see it's complex PTSD. No, it I just seems really like manipulative. And it, and it's because it feels so bad. Like we've said, like watching it, like seeing yeah. her manipulate everyone, seeing her manipulate her kids, the the power that she has over the family, um, the way that she like, you know almost like sees that Joe is at times like not as interested or that she's maybe losing him and she cries. Right. She yes, like has that, these episodes. Yes. That to me felt like um, when she sees he's not as interested and she has a big reaction or when all the people started canceling their orders. Mm-hmm. Right. And she like takes to the bed right, <laughs> and cries to me, that felt like a really fine line between like um, fear of abandonment. Like you might see in borderline mm-hmm. personality disorder or manipulation. And I actually feel like for her, it was manipulation. Yeah, I do and too. And acting and everything was just so perfectly done where you're sucking them in, right? Mm-hmm. And that to me has a different feeling than uh, like even like when we saw in The Bear, The Seven Fishes, right? With Jamie Lee Curtis, her character yes. having BPD and sort of threatening to harm herself as these like, and then running the car through the house. It feels different. Yes. To me, right? Like this feels way more manipulative 
that she's not actually going to hurt herself, but the threat's always there in this like scary, eerie mm-hmm. way, right? I think with the comparing and contrasting those two characters, I see Gracie more playing like the long game. And I see someone like Jimmy Lee Cur- Curtis's character, the mom and the bear, very reactive in the moment. Right. And it's like, I'm yes. both are being manipulative, but Gracie is so aware of like everything that's going along in the past, the present, the future that like, she has all of these like, you know, ties and, and her hands and everything that it's like, it takes so much more. And I, I don't know what to, what to call it to like be able like to do planning, that. Like planning, like yes. planning an executive function. And yes. that's what makes it different than someone with like psychotic delusions. Mm. Right. Like, I think this came up in our episode, maybe about the cult documentaries. Like what's the difference between someone with sort of like psychotic delusions that they're like, you know, you know, they talk to God from God, right. Versus someone who, like you said, is playing that long game Mm -hmm. and is manipulating you. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you could have both in the same person, right? That's very rare, but can happen. Um, But in this film, I totally agree with you, Portia. It feels way more, um, sociopathic yeah. and manipulative and sadistic mm-hmm. um, than reactive mm-hmm. or even it, it doesn't feel like an, an erotomanic delusion like we saw with Joe Goldberg right. and stuff and you this has this flavor to me I think it's interesting too that we see her and I believe it's just toward her daughters like cut them down right like when she makes oh, the comments about the arms hear. The scale, the gift is that. I mean, because I, they don't show it, doesn't mean it's not happening, but they don't show it, which I think is, of course, intentional. They don't show it happening to the that's youngest fine. boy. And right. I think that's an interesting flair, too. It's like you can't have girls, you know, around in competition you. competition with you. Same with Elizabeth, obviously, which we'll get into. But, like, they're in competition with her versus, like, oh, her son. Like, I feel like that's a very comfortable relationship. She's, like, the Freudian, right? Like, she's the 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 main gal in that relationship yeah. where her daughters like are in competition and she's brutal to them and in in such a masterfully manipulative way where I feel like it'd be really hard to call her out right at the dress store she's mm-hmm. like oh well you know you're so much braver than I am to be able to do that right right it, it's disguise as a compliment but it's like really uncomfortable yes and icky and you're exactly right meant to cut you down mm-hmm. and like the way like giving you a scale for a holiday like I'm sure given your line of work working with people with eating disorders um you've heard of st- I've heard of mm-hmm. stuff like this. it's so bizarre but it happens it does and, like the way she justifies it like god in this movie there's just such good examples of the you know the way people react to try to justify their heinous mm-hmm. actions Right. And that like they can't see it. Like you said, this is blind spot. I think there's an inability to see it because mm-hmm. if she saw it, I don't know what would happen to her. She'd like be an eye like she'd right. feel she'd come annihilated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you're right. And I wonder too, as you were saying that, like, given the nature of her relationship with Joe and how it doesn't conform to social norms, if there is even a weirder, more sinister type of competition going on between her and her daughters. If like, if in their relationship, there aren't the typical boundaries around sexual activity between like adults and children, if that also gets blurry between like parent and child, like I hate to say that, but I wonder if in her mind, if that's like more present. I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's totally possible. Like, 
it's just some of the things that she does and says and and her facade right like the the weird like the music was very interesting it's like all of a sudden we get really intense and it'd be like a zoom in on such a random scene and one of them was when she's like looking in the fridge and she's like i don't think we have enough hot dogs and it's just like she's just in the kitchen alone the camera zooms in it's like she says this and it's like then they show the grill and there's like 40 hot dogs on it but it's like their how their life is so perfect on the outside they have nice things like her yeah. she always looks well put together they live um, on the lake yeah and it's just then they get mailed poop and, yeah yeah and so they're aware that people still even in their insulated community that appears to have to some degree accepted this which i don't still understand people who are like no so they're still hit and joe you know thinking of him like he still has these moments where you've got to wonder like what's going on in his brain when he gets the poop like is it just oh i can't believe someone mailed it to us like he's that groomed and manipulated or is there ever like a question of like wow like people disagree with what we're doing to to mail us poop i mean i i think like when you are that groomed and manipulated from such a young age first of all like where are his parents Mm -hmm. we don't see his mom at all in the movie i think what they say is the dad works a lot like where are his parents like where are where did they go where are they like who's protecting this poor kid um back then as a child but then as you're groomed and groomed and groomed i think he has some version of like stockholm syndrome Mm -hmm. with her it's almost like they're in a cult of two right and like he's believing what she's saying I've, i've got to imagine he feels love and attention and specialness in a way he never did before but it's again Mm -hmm. violating boundaries and social norms and like unfortunately I feel like um, I'm just thinking back to a time when I was in the emergency room in residency evaluating a a child who was clearly being groomed by like a nefarious outside person but the child couldn't see it right they felt special and like, mm-hmm. this was the person they loved and they were going to get married as soon as they graduate high school. Thank God that kid had parents who were trying desperately to get them help and like get them away. And this was an on an internet thing, which I think really sadly happens, but the child doesn't have. Because they're a child. Parent. They're a child, right? Their brain isn't fully developed yet. They are so vulnerable and then add in anything else, an intellectual disability or learning disorder, bullying, trauma, whatever. Right, low self-esteem. And it just increases the risk. But like, where were his par- Where are the parents to protect him? Maybe that's why he's vulnerable. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But where's the system to protect them? Like, well, the system happened? failed, right? Like, yeah. I mean, she says, Gracie says to Elizabeth, like, oh, well, you know, he was home alone taking care of his sisters all the time. So again, she's like, she's um, aging him. Like, oh, so he yes. was the man of the house. Like Parentified. he was already an adult. Yeah. He's so um, mature. And he's and not. We do, yeah, we do hear that. And it's like, he's still 14 or 12 or however old. Like, oh, I don't know. I think we can both agree. Like, it's not right. No. It's just There's no way which is right. And even if it's due to a mental disorder, it's still not right. And it's still not okay. Uh, So, sorry, that's my Apple Watch thing. I didn't get that. The Apple Watch is right, Siri. Yeah, Siri, you're exact. That's how I feel, Siri. Uh, That was funny. I'm not sure. Okay, one second. I got to turn off this watch. 
Uh, so I do um, want to pivot unless there's anything else about no. Gracie you want to touch on. I feel like, okay, um, to Joe's evolution and then also Elizabeth. Yeah, so a, a side character who I think is an interesting contrast to Joe is Georgie. So Georgie and Joe are the same age. So Georgie is Gracie's first, like her her original yes. family son and then joe you know they were in the same grade but you know gracie never really knew that she never really saw him even though they're in a small town so i think they did a really good job of showing kind of both wounds where yes. georgie is i would say again just like being silly like showing some bpd like he's you know mm -hmm. kind provocative. of out there provocative saying yeah. stuff uh, but so deeply wounded and is so right. externalizing the pain uh, right. And then Joe is so, whatever's there, if there's anything, it's so internal. Um, and repressed. Right. And so if you, everyone think, knows that something's yeah. wrong with Georgie, right? Oh yeah. Like, but, but everyone's like, oh, Joe's fine. Which I think speaks to, you can be high functioning and deeply, deeply wounded too. Um, yeah, and I just like liked how, that. Yeah. And I think you're, you're so right. Georgie's such a good example. I think of someone who might be showing BPD traits, but I think would deserve a really good analysis and evaluation to determine, like, it's probably trauma is my oh, guess. Oh, totally. You know, probably related to that mm -hmm. rather than like BPD. Um, and the treatment would be wildly different in some ways. In other ways, all could benefit from DBT. I feel like DBT should be like, just pumped through the air that we breathe, you know? And then Joe, like, my God, like, how did he, how was there like any chance for him? Like, I feel like as we come to the end of the movie, we see him really start to wonder in doubt and his perception changing, which is so painful, but I think necessary for his personal growth. But like, gosh, I hope we can find a good therapist to help him through this because it's going to be earth shattering. Yeah. But like, so you get in this relationship with Gracie your parents, the system, no one's protecting you. And then the world around you is saying like, well, he seems fine. He seems well adjusted. Like maybe they are in love. So like, where is the reality check for you when you're so sucked in to what this like toxic situation, it's like society's gaslighting him and not giving him, a, except for the poop. Yeah. <laughs> we come back to the, getting the poop in the mail. Like maybe slowly over time, it does start to, pick at something mm. and then it seems like this interaction with elizabeth starts to really unearth some stuff yeah yeah she i think Ooh. we like her at the beginning right then... like she seems like she's really asking i think good mm. questions like yeah but he was young or like well what does georgie think like she's good at like challenging gracie who doesn't like that but all. in a like thoughtful, gentle way yeah. that Gracie can tolerate and like yep. welcome her to her like flower class mm -hmm. or whatever it was, you know, like welcome her in. And I, I would imagine someone like Gracie is so flattered yes. that someone's going to play her in a movie and wants to teach her like all the mm -hmm. things, you know, I thought this scene right. with the makeup was kind of interesting. Yeah. But then we learn that it's because Elizabeth is also, I think, this like master manipulator. So of course she knows how to get Gracie to talk. Like, of course, you know, she's she's like rolling her eyes and saying, oh, yeah, I love you to her fiance on the phone. Yeah. You know, who's, who's the producer, which I think is interesting. So like you, you're, you're, why did you, why are you with him? 
oh, to make this movie, are you going to separate but out then, here? Probably. I got, I got very confused there because I thought she also asked if your wife was around. So I know she has a fiance, but then I thought she was talking oh, yes, to. Yes, 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 yes. Right? Like yep. the so producer. Up. Yes. Yes. And yep. then was she the one texting Joe the whole time? Who is he texting? I think, I think, um, I'm assuming someone from like a chat board that he met online. Okay. Just another rant or yeah. like someone his age. Maybe. I, by the end I was like, was it Elizabeth? Mm-mm. I don't, I don't think they really ever made that no. clear. But my first like, you know, red flag for her was when she like went <laughs> also sidebar what did you think about the whole setting being a pet store <laughs> like with grooming i thought of you know like bizarre gross bizarre i don't want to go to a pet store now i know but also like kind of perfect because like animals child-like. are so vulnerable you know like yeah right it was just eh. um but then when like Elizabeth went to see it and wanted to see like the spot where they were caught and then she did this weird like acting thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, she was like about? kind of masturbating. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I guess like actors and actresses can really like get into their craft, you know, and, and in some ways like good. Like, you know, like uh, what's the guy from Succession? Uh, what's his name? Kendall. Kendall. Uh, Jeremy Strong, the method mm-hmm. actor, you know, like, okay, like, you got to like, really get into the character's mind. Like, I can buy that, like, to a point. Yeah. And well, then that's this when I think like... it did take a turn. You know, yeah. I was like, and learning that it's like an indie movie. So it's basically like, they're it's going to be like a lifetime movie. Like, this isn't some blockbuster, you know, like, crazy Huge movie that budget. she's making. Right. So I was like, that's also to me, like more, even more fascinating about Elizabeth and like her mental health. Right. Like why would she pick this role? It seemed like she was pretty famous, you know, walking around, people recognize her. She got like the welcome basket from the hotel, like love doing this movie. So I could see her maybe like wanting to pick something indie or something different to start, you know, broadening her, her scope and everything, but she took it way too far. Mm -hmm. And she does end up like, having sex with him right which is manipulating him into doing that like especially for him yes this poor person who like has been groomed his whole life and then almost sees this out and sees again his like specialness which again oh she fakes the asthma thing or she like has asthma but then she finds out that um does she have asthma she does right she's using her nebulizer But, like, that was so cringy and gross and so also, like, childlike. Like, something that, like, I feel like a a 13-year-old girl would say to try to get the boy into her room, right? You know, like... But that's how she knows she can do it because he's, like, I think still a child in his development. But she picked up on that. And she exploited it. Yes. There's no other way to say it. Like... And I feel like it's one thing, like, huh, I, I don't think there's any justifying it, actually, now that I'm talking. Like, I'm thinking, like, I guess, like, yeah, you're trying to get into the character's head. You're trying to see, like, what is it about Joe, maybe, that, like, captured Gracie? But, like, I don't think you have to go that far. Like, I don't think you need to go that far. Like, I don't even know if she needed a visit. I don't really think she had to. No. Um, She's, like, way over-identifying with Gracie in a really sick way. Yeah. Um. And then 
at like as the movie's ending and she's getting really into it with the takes and mm-hmm. asking for another take, it just has this like gross flavor. Yes. To it. Yeah. And she says, I think flavor. it's just so such a good line, something about like, well, this is what adults do. Yes. Like they like hook up and it's like, but he's, but he's not. And you know that. And the fact that you said that is just such, it just, so it was such a good line of like, Oh, I'm teaching you. Like, you know what you're gross. doing. Like she knew right, what she gross. was doing. Disgusting. Yeah. So gross. then poor Joe has like dealt with two Gracies in his life and he's all like lost and probably scared and doesn't know what to think. And I mean, man, like, his Poor performance in, uh, when he comes back and he's like, well, we should be able to talk about these things if we're so in love. Like, and obviously you can't, like, obviously Gracie's not going to allow this or tolerate it. She cuts right back into him. Like we were saying at the beginning with like, yeah. well, who chased who and who is the boss? And like, it's just so, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. There's no other way to slice it. And I feel like that scene on the bed um, did you see that on TikTok where they had both at the same yes. time? I feel like I want to see that, but I also don't want to see that because it's so heartbreaking. I liked it. So you uh, can look at our likes if you want. Okay. Um, but like it is really depicting some abusive communication tactics, right? Yes. Like deflection, flipping it around, gaslighting him, confusing him. Um, like it's just And she I does it really so for him. in real life. You know, in in view of others, which just speaks to my question circling all the way back of being like, where's everyone else? And how does she not like, does she really truly a hundred percent buy into this delusion that she's like delusional, right? So she has some sort of like, it's a hundred percent belief. And and where does the manipulation fit into that? Because it, it, it's there. It has to be. And how does that impact her belief that it's true love? Like, I, I just, those two things mm-hmm. for me can't exist at the same time. Like, it's not That's 100% really love. And you're this master manipulator. It's like, they, they have to somehow, like, kind of um, I think, puzzle together. I think what she loves is having the ultimate control over him. Mm-hmm. I think that's what she's getting off on, is controlling yeah. and hurting someone who's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I think that's what she loves at the end of the day. Yeah. I don't think it's like a true two-way equal romantic love, like by any stretch of the imagination. But that's, I also wonder if she's getting off on fooling everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like right. she was on the cover right. of People. Right. She's doing all these interviews. Like they just made a movie based on her life story. She's not around to see it. But like, you know, I think she also gets off on that is manipulating all of us. It's like the murderer who shows up at the crime scene yeah. to help look for the body. That's what it reminds me yes, of. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's a great example. It's just sick. I just really feel for like Joe, the character um, and the, you know, the real life person. I just think like, oh my God. And the kids. And the kids. Yeah. I mean, I like almost like can't even go there because it's like too disturbing. But can you imagine like, how do you wrap your head around that? And like that scene in the restaurant where her old family is with her new family and just like, oh, I was, oh, oh, (laughs) I don't know, Portia. I just don't know. Yeah. Everyone needs therapy. Um, Gracie needs to go to jail. after watching this. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, you know, a disturbing movie about things that happen that are disturbing, you know, in in real life. And 
And a really beautiful like commentary on it and kind of like pointing it out. And I think also I was reading that another goal of the movie was to just point out like how icky and kind of exploitative mm-hmm. all of our interests in true crime can yeah. be. And I think like Elizabeth's character really exemplifies that in kind of a gross, gross way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is true, right? Like profiting, like I was just thinking of like the Netflix Dahmer series, like profiting off of these people's like intense pain and grief. Yeah. Um, Even with like Gypsy Rose, you know? Out, yes. Um, yes. And, you know, I, I, I hope even <sighs> just for her sake, it's like, there's been movies, you know, while she was in prison about her. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm just curious to see how she comes out and can take back control of her life and her story and her narrative and her own healing. Um, just because I think, you know, the real Villy, um, you know, Gypsy Rose, the real victims of um, real Dahmer. People yeah, are, are kind of always left in these families with, with these deep wounds and, and Hollywood kind of comes in and out and, yeah, and does and the damage and then leaves. Just like their perpetrator. Yeah, right. You know? Oh, gosh. So anyway. So go to call your therapist after this episode if you need to be yeah. compressed. I, yeah. I'll be calling mine. <laughs> yeah. Let's all do some uh, square breathing. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's do some grounding work. Get yourself a nice little coffee treat or something to sort of like ease back into Mm -hmm. your your week um that was a tough one to cover yeah it was hard um just because I think you know it's it's really close to real people obviously and and every story I I think is based to some degree on someone because we're right that's how we come up with humans but you know I just I'm thinking of everyone yeah these are these are hard things to talk about but again so real. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people go through this stuff. Yeah. So um, we hope that this was, uh, you know, entertaining as entertaining mm-hmm. as possible and educational. Um, I think our next episode will be a little more lighthearted. So please check in and tune in again next week. Um, please rate, review and subscribe mm-hmm. if you're enjoying our content. We really hope to grow this year. Um, and you can find us at Analyze Scripts Podcast on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So... What are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of Analyzed Scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. 
Thanks for listening and see you next time.